Okay, so welcome everyone to my another podcast. Uh, so today I'm super excited because I have one of my guests is Taryn McGregor, who is the director on, on in one of the biggest model agencies in Calgary. And we've been planning this for quite a bit, but uh, finally she found some time for, for me. Um, and I have a lot of questions because one of the most common questions I've been receiving from my fellow photographers is, you know, we would like to start working with model agency. We want to get access to, you know, people who are interested in photography. They 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 willing to stand on the front of stand at the front of the camera and don't be kind of scared like most of our clients. Um, so my first question to you is like, what the requires what the requirements are whenever someone approaches you like are you guys doing any screening or do, do the photographer has to showcase some kind of portfolio like what's the process is to kind of getting some work or getting even models at the front of, of the camera based on the model agency side first of all i'm really happy to be here thank you so much for inviting me um and uh, in regards to your first question um, it does depend on the agency, so I'm not going to speak for all agencies because every agency is different. Um, however, like specifically with us, um, the first step is obviously your reach out. So reaching out to us, um, normally email communication is best. And then in general, we do screen everybody that we potentially would um, either promote to our models or bring on a roster. Um, so we would go through an interview process. Uh, right now we're doing them digitally due to COVID, but in some instances in the future, hopefully, we will be able to actually see people in person again. Uh, uh, depending on how the interview goes, we will request a portfolio. Um, again, NUMA is different than other agencies, so I can't speak for others. But the other thing we do is depending on kind of where a photographer is in their journey, we also support photographers in building their mm -hmm. portfolio. So even if they're newer, um, then they can communicate with me and I can help them work with newer models to build up their portfolio, to learn the qualifications that are needed to work with an agency. So um, what quality of images, lighting, standards, all those mm -hmm. types of things. I work with multiple photographers all over the country and help them build up those skill sets so that at some point they can start actually getting paid by agencies or getting paid by clients um, because oh, modeling and photography are fairly analogous in that you have to develop first you can't just walk out and be like i deserve to get paid um yes, you have absolutely. to actually develop some skills so we kind of help coach you on those skills um both photographers makeup artists models we do kind of do it with everybody in the industry um because that's basically what we do in the industry is we need good images and those images are available for sure so i just want to follow up with 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 what i just asked you but um there's also questions about like you know having proper website and you know we talk a little bit about portfolio but one of the actually questions i've received from one of my viewers is like is there any requirement when it comes to the social media because i know in different Cities in, in, in the United States, for example, like New York, I know we're talking about like, you know, really big cities and those are like places where there's completely different level of photography and model agencies and stuff. But for example, they, they, they the agencies require certain amount of followers on, on social media. If, if this is something which also you guys look into it or this is something which is just kind of secondary, more important is the portfolio and the, the, the skills itself. 
Yeah, I think it would depend on the level. Again, because we're a development network and we support photographers of all skill sets, mm -hmm. um, whether you're newer in the industry or skilled, um, then I think the question is, I think it depends on the agency because in the States, you're correct. Like if I'm going to hire a photographer to work with my models and I'm going to be paying that photographer, then yes, my, my um, requirements will be higher. Um, so I do require a specific level of photography skill. I require um, specific abilities because if I'm going to refer a photographer to a model and that model is going to pay that photographer or I'm going to pay that photographer, I do expect a certain level of skill. Um, because in a lot of instances, especially with agencies, we will guarantee the images. Okay. So if I'm going to guarantee that if they shoot with you, they're going to get good images, I need to be able to back up that guarantee and, ex and know what to expect. Um, and again, certain certain agencies, especially in the States, they will use the photographers as a form of advertising. Mm -hmm. So that's why they'll have limitations or minimal expectations on say Instagram followers or website or anything like that, because that photographer is going to be promoted by the agent. And if they have a bigger following, it's easier to get a model booked in with them. Mm -hmm. um, so credibility and um, professional uh, exposure online, whether it be a website, Instagram, TikTok, all those types of things, is becoming more and more important mm -hmm. uh, to help weed out the people that are a little bit shady or the people that lack experience or the people that lack skill set mm -hmm. um, because yet generally good photographers have a very good following. Mm -hmm. They almost always have a website because of, that's how they get a lot of their clients. Yeah, um, and nowadays TikTok is becoming more important than it used to be. It's mm -hmm. a newer field, but I am noticing that uh, agents, uh, models, photographers, everybody's kind of jumping onto TikTok as well. So mm -hmm. it's not just Instagram anymore. It's also TikTok. Yes. Yes, well, it's growing like crazy. That's 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So my next question to you is, and I think this is something which a lot of photographers they 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 really struggle with that, and is the process of retouching. And I know from the model agency perspective, uh, probably they they don't want as much retouching, right? But then they say, well, I'm a creative person or I'm creative photographer. So how much retouching? is too much in your opinion and based on your experience um you know like what do you require or what kind of images from the shoots you're looking for and based on the retouching because i know the digital era right now like it's just crazy right and retouching is a huge part of, of photography and, and sometimes i think some photographers they spend way more time on retouching that on photography itself right but then when the image is pushed too far you're just destroying everything right and sometimes those models they don't even look the way they're supposed to look right so i just want to kind of discuss this a little bit with you because i know you guys looking at retouching from kind of completely different perspective exactly yeah and and our idea of looking so again it will vary by agency, so I'm mm -hmm. not going to speak for all agencies because different agencies will have different qualifications or expectations on their images. Um, and a lot of times that depends on the type of clients the agency works with. Mm -hmm. um, we work with all different types of clients, so um, our expectations are going to be probably different than some others. Mm -hmm. And also it's important for, client, or for photographers to understand that the level of retouching should vary by the type of photo shoot. Mm -hmm. So an editorial retouch is going to be different than a lifestyle retouch. 
Um, and that's because the types of clients you're trying to appeal to will be very, very different. Because mm -hmm. um, in the end, on our end, what we're trying to do, any agency, is they're trying to have a portfolio of every model that represents that model in a way that will book clients, that mm -hmm. will attract the clients to that agent. So our perspective or the, what we're looking for is does the image make the model attractive to a specific type of client based on the type of model they happen to be. So whether they're lifestyle model, commercial model, child model, promo, fashion, runway, all those types of things. So um, in terms of level of retouching, again, this will vary. But what I always like to say is um, it's important to keep the essence of the model themselves. Mm -hmm. And I do find that there are especially newer photographers mm -hmm. because they're not familiar with all of the um, features of say Photoshop or they actually only use Lightroom as an mm -hmm. example. They don't necessarily have the capacity to retouch to the quality that an agency would request. Mm -hmm. um, and what that quality is, is it's not about manipulating or changing a model to look really good in the image, according mm -hmm. to the eye of the photographer. It's about making that model look like their best self. So I do see some photographers that um, because of the photo shoot is an editorial shoot, they'll elongate the chin, they'll thin and they'll warp the image. They'll do a lot of things to make the image look fantastic, but then the image looks nothing like the model. Mm -hmm. And that's not ideal because I don't want to be advertising a model with specs that are inaccurate to what that model actually looks like because then the client might hire that model and then the model walks in and they're like, you look nothing like your photos. Mm -hmm. And not that's true. a problem. But at the same point, um, I also don't want the image to be under edited so that it turns a client off on features of a model that aren't necessarily permanent. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is blemishes. Mm -hmm. Or um, as you guys all know, when you shoot high res, if you're shooting in a very high definition image, um, you get, you see a lot more in the image than you would in person. So an example would be indentations in the skin. So if I'm a little bit puckered on my lips, I tend to have little lines in the skin and that is very, very visible via, via the camera because it grabs Absolutely. all the shadows and the highlights, right? So, um, so it would be eliminating those things out of an image that would take away from looking at the essence of the model mm -hmm. and brightening those things that make the model look the best selves, um, but not manipulating the image in such a way that the model no longer looks like themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my recommendation for retouching and doing it. You want to make sure that in retouching, it still looks real. And that I find is also a limitation for a lot of newer photographers is because they're not trained in, say, dodging and burning or frequency mm -hmm. separation or um, anything like that. They tend to blend. So mm -hmm. they do bandage and blends. And unfortunately, when you blend, you lose skin texture. Yes. And I want to be able to, if I'm looking at a good photographer's image, I want to be able to zoom in and see pores. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be able to zoom in and see a porcelain face. Yes. Because of pores suggest that the image is more real. So if you're removing blemishes, you remove blemishes with a specific strategic tool. You don't just blend the image out mm -hmm. or just, you know, grab a piece of skin and then, you know, pop it on and then don't do any blending around. Cause I see that happen as well. And I'm like, I can see literally where you're editing. Yeah. I shouldn't be able to see in the image that it's been edited. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's ideally what the long-term goal is, is if I look at an image, it's a beautiful photograph of a model the model looks bright eyed, bushy tailed, you know, mm -hmm. they're looking really fantastic and they have perfect skin, but um, it still looks like them. Does Absolutely. That make sense? Yes. So I'm going to push this a little bit more because I yeah. had, 
well, we're living in the era where we can do do pretty much anything in Photoshop, right? And it's just, from one hand, it's a scary thing. But from the other hand, well, it's kind of cool to have those kind of abilities where we're working on some, I would say, small imperfections. But I experienced for even my career that people were approaching and they were asking me to just completely change the shape of the face, change shape of the lips. I even had a story which was really sad, I would say. I had a client who requested to enlarge certain parts of the body, which was just terrifying. I'm not a surgeon, and I don't know if even even should do stuff like that, right? Um, but like, what's your perspective on those type of, I would say, uh, require well, not requirements, but like when when the let's say model is asking the photographer, well, can you make me skinnier or can you make, I don't know change my lips or all this stuff like is this is something what you guys allowed to do or this is completely forbidden and then it's like there's yes. no even discussion so about stuff like that like from an agency perspective it's not something i would ask to do and the reason is again it's just not true to the model so mm -hmm. then if the model books work with a client based on the images that were presented to me and then the client views that model the model shows up and they look you know three sizes larger than their their portfolio depicts mm -hmm. that makes the agency looks look bad so from an aging perspective, I would not want a photographer to manipulate an image so that they mm -hmm. no longer look like the model. Um, now, there are exceptions, and that's mm -hmm. just because of the concept of 2D worlds. So what I mean by that is, and I've had some of my images edited where, you know, I put my arm forward and I happen to give myself fat arm because I push it against my body. Mm -hmm. So then my arm looks a lot larger than it is in real life mm -hmm. because it's closer to the camera and I've decided to flatten it with my body. If that happens, yes, I would say you can do a slight warp or something to give the image a true likeness to the model. Mm -hmm. But if it's making the model skinnier than they look in real life, then no, absolutely, no, absolutely. not. Okay. Um, because of, again, you're, you're, you're falsely advertising what the model looks like. Mm -hmm. um, I can understand from a client perspective, like personal clients that mm -hmm. hire photographers, why clients will want to do that. Truthfully, in this industry, and I've been working in it for a while, you are dealing with a very vulnerable population. So people in general are coming into modeling, um, not in general, but in a lot of instances, um, modeling provides a sense of validation or appreciation for the way the model looks. And 99.9% .9 of us have insecurities about our bodies. Um, Absolutely. Whether we don't like our lips, we don't like our nose, we don't like our hair, we don't like this, we don't like that. So it's natural for a person, any person who has any form of insecurity to ask for that insecurity to be removed mm -hmm. um, because of then they'll feel prettier or they'll feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, what we try to do through our network is we try to help people uh, appreciate the things that they might not like about themselves um, and learn to love them because mm -hmm. truthfully beauty does come from loving yourself from within and expressing that outwards. We all have things that we would want to change about ourselves, but I've been in, I, and I've experienced this quite often where what you might hate about yourself or what you think is really unattractive is something that a photographer or a client actually is looking for. It's, it's what their favorite part about you is. Mm -hmm. So it's important to also help encourage models and people to learn to love themselves mm -hmm. to not have to create that manipulation in order to feel beautiful because they are. It, yes. you know everybody's beautiful in their own way um and and that's something that it just every individual person has to go through that Absolutely. you know challenge of of learning to love themselves well i think the biggest issue sorry go ahead yeah just i was just
just going to say, and not wanting to, you know, elongate their chin, yeah. get rid of, you know, a little bulge in the arm, make their boobs bigger, like all those types of things. Like they're. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like a lot of those, like, clients and models they they know what we can do right and i think just the fact they know about it and then they they can just maybe not force it but they can ask hey can you do this because it's it's doable right if we as a photographers um have some kind of ethics and some kind of morals uh, that's that's another story but i i so how this whole thing works from the client perspective so let's say the client comes in hiring your model they're doing some crazy manipulation to those images and they just like make them completely unreal how you guys approach this this is like if they pay they allow to do whatever that they want or you guys also have some kind of limits or uh, some kind of rules which so the agreements are made with clients beforehand mm -hmm. um in terms of the usage of the imagery um and that kind of stuff and they pay based on those um specifications mm -hmm. Um, so uh, they have to normally specify the type of shoot it's going to be, what the images are going to be used for, where they're going to be posted, all of those types mm -hmm. of things, because that controls that that falls into the usage category. Um, when a client is paying, technically they have the rights to do whatever they want to the images, mm -hmm. um, and we can't tell them, "Hey, no, you made that model look different than they were." Like okay. we can't tell them that because if in the end they paid for that model, they can do what post production they choose to do. Okay. Um, so we don't have the, um, I guess we don't have the uh, ability to tell a client, no, you made that model look too skinny. Okay. Uh, because if that's not, that was their decision. Mm -hmm. um, they chose that decision. Um, we do have a policy against fur with our agency. We are for free agency. So mm -hmm. clients can't use fur with us. Um, and again, we also have rules in terms of um, etiquette on set. Uh, we do have limitations in terms of anything that becomes too suggestive or anything like mm -hmm. that, because if we also don't agree with taking advantage of people in mm -hmm. forms of their body. Um, but again, it always depends on the comfort level of the model and the comfort level or and the rules associated with the client, like what type mm -hmm. of contract they have. Perfect. But yeah, if the client in the end wants to change a model, change their hair color, that kind of thing, it's not something we can say, hey, no client, you can't do that because mm -hmm. they legally paid for those images. Okay. So let's switch the gears a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit about working with models. So I want to start with some kind of documentation such as model releases and then all this stuff. Like do photographers shoot somehow be prepared having some kind of contract signed with the model? Do the agencies also have some kind of contracts which can help? Have some kind of agreement with with photographer how this whole thing works like i i basically the way we work together we have some kind of agreement and then this whole thing is just put in place but if someone who is starting off and then doesn't have any experience how they should approach this whole thing so again it will depend on the agency mm -hmm. um because every agency has different protocols some agencies will actually require photographers to sign exclusive contracts mm -hmm. with the rules and limitations that that, model, that photographer would have to abide by while they're on with that agent um so it really does depend on the agency in terms of the relationship with the agency and the photographer um but yeah most agencies they have um a contract or a terms and conditions with their models so their models are expected to adhere to a specific level of professional etiquette all that fun stuff mm -hmm. um and again those contracts will vary by agency um but they normally follow the general rule of professionalism etiquette all those types of things which then the agent would hold the model liable for um 
I do recommend, again, it depends on the photographer. I personally recommend photographers should cover their butts um, and have release forms for when they're shooting with models, just because, again, it's better to um, dot your I's and cross your T's than not do it and then run into a problem in the future where you post something and the model's like, I didn't give you a right to post that. Mm -hmm. um, so release forms I do find in general are good per photographer because I, as an agent, I don't just send out release forms on behalf of the photographer because mm -hmm. every photographer has different usage rates. So we don't send them on behalf. Um, like we don't have a generic release form, but in our terms and conditions, we give the, the, model gives us the right to use any images that are taken of them mm -hmm. so there is a rule in there um and we have rules against defamation and all that fun stuff but the photographer should also have their own um so, i personally model recommend. okay yeah. yeah so that's kind of leads me to the next question and this is something which um i deeply believe is an extremely important question and and also i just really want to discuss this because it, I think every photographer should know about it, and I'd like to kind of hear your side of this 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 kind of question is working with underage models because um, you know sometimes we might get someone out of at the front of the camera we don't know how old the person is, and let's say she's fourteen she looks like twenty, and then we might run into some issues and, and problems and all this stuff and I just want to kind of briefly talk about some of the models I work with your agency which you know the the, 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 the model was under the, the, the age and she came with her mom I welcomed both of them and then she was basically attending the entire photo shoot um, she was watching everything what is what it's what is happening and you know from was kind of cool because it also makes me more comfortable because you know I have a parent who was witnessing this whole thing and and I, and I also noticed that the, the model itself she felt way more comfortable right so if you could just kind of briefly talk about this whole thing because I just want to warn photographers and I want to talk about it because sometimes some of them and I've heard some horrifying stories about this stuff so I just want to kind of get a little bit deeper in, into that topic yeah, and so when it comes to underage models, I personally recommend, and we recommend this to every model, um, if they are underage, they should have a guardian on set with them. Mm -hmm. um, now, it is uh, it is uh, determined by the model themselves, because you said most some models are much more comfortable having their parents there. Mm -hmm. Other models are the opposite. So okay. I've had some models where they feel, especially, it sounds bad, but like models that have momagers or dadagers, okay. um, so they feel overwhelmed by having the parents stare the whole time. So in those instances, the parent can be close by, they can sit outside, they mm -hmm. can hang out at a coffee shop right next door, mm -hmm. be right, you know, available to support or provide, um, provide uh, guidance or support to the model. But I, we tell every model that's underage, you should have a guardian with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now to clarify guardian. Because mm -hmm. a lot of underage models, they like to bring their friends. Mm -hmm. And that I don't think is appropriate because that can still get the photographer in trouble. I've actually seen it. Um, and they're not a guardian. They mm -hmm. don't see the world the same way. They're the same age, if not maybe a couple years older. You're still dealing with the maturity aspect. So don't bring your boyfriend. Don't bring, mm -hmm. you know, your best friend who happens to be 18 when you're 17. It should be a parent or mm -hmm. a guardian. Um, and that is also for the safety. That's for safety of both. That's for safety mm -hmm. of the model um, to make sure they're comfortable, to make sure they feel good. It's also nice because then they could lug clothing around, which can be very beneficial for a model. Um, and then 
the opposite is true for the photographer because if you're shooting and say something were to happen or you received a bad feedback, you've got somebody there that was also a witness. Um, and, and it helps protect photographers from any uh, compromising situations. Um, it also prevents them from doing anything potentially compromising. Um, so that's why we say it's protection for the model as well, because I've had a lot of underage models that shot with people and they ended up in compromising situations. Mm -hmm. So having a guardian there as that level of protection to the model, um, especially when they're shooting TFP or they're shooting with somebody that's that nobody else is familiar with, doesn't have, mm -hmm. you know, a website or an Instagram with a whole bunch of followers. They don't have the credibility built up yet. Helps protect the model and the photographer from any backlash that could potentially hurt either or of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's kind of um, go a little bit even deeper into this topic, and let's talk about um, the rules when it comes to just working with the models. Like, do you guys like you guys preparing the models? Like, you know what the photographer is allowed to do. So I just want to kind of share a little bit of story, which I think maybe showcase a little bit what I'm trying to kind of say. So um, I was running a workshop, and I had a little bit older gentleman who just you know come in for um, this 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 workshop so we had this presentation photo shoot and then what happened was everyone was basically allowed to work with that model right and the person like didn't I, I know for a fact he didn't have any kind of like bad intention but he was trying to kind of depose model and show her exactly so but he started like touching her you know like it wasn't inappropriate but like like I think I could sense that the model is not feeling comfortable, right? So I just kind of paused this whole thing. I'm like, okay, you know what? You can't do that. Well, first of all, you have to ask if she's okay with this. If if, if not, like you have to come up kind of different way to to deal with this. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about it because I know some of those models they're not gonna say anything, right? Like they think that well, photographer is older, or you know, he's got some kind of like authority here he's running the, the the show he's taking photos of me so he can do whatever whatever he wants right but that's not true and we know there's certain boundaries and i know also we're living in the world right now where this whole thing got even even more crazier i would say and and we have to be even more careful and we have to find a ways to communicate with with models certain way so we're not gonna kind of cross the lines right throughout the photo shoot so if let's let's talk a little bit about it and let's yeah, so, yeah i would say um truthfully i would as a photographer um always ask permission before mm -hmm. you ever touch a model um and i always ask permission like the photographers i work with i ask permission on where i'm going to touch to be like okay i'm just going to grab your hair and i'm just going to push it back mm -hmm. are you okay with that and then if they're not okay that'd be like okay can you do it or just ask them to do it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that can be really beneficial, especially, and I don't mean to say this, but working with male photographers because mm -hmm. of the instances of, um, of reports tend to come more from male photographer from models talking about male photographers than female photographers, mm -hmm. is having an assistant on set that is female. Mm -hmm. um, so that the assistant can go in and can make those adjustments. See, this is my assistant. She's going to be helping with any more wardrobe issues or anything like that, because then you get permission in advance and then the assistant can come in and they can just do a hair flick. They can tighten clothing. They can, mm -hmm. you know, readjust a jacket if the inside is showing or anything like that. And then it's not seen as, as inappropriate. Um, mm -hmm. Like I've been on set many times and I've assisted because I'm female. 
the mm -hmm. models are comfortable with me. And I will also be like, I'm just going to come in and I'm going to fix that for you. And then mm -hmm. they're like, okay. Um, but it's also the model's responsibility to understand that they have the right to say no. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a common misconception in this industry because there's the fear that if I say no and I say I'm uncomfortable, then I'm never going to book a job and nobody's going to ever want me. But the truth is there are boundaries. You mm -hmm. have to understand where your boundaries lie and be firm with those boundaries um, because of there are photographers that can get touchy-feely and that is inappropriate. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't touch a model without, um, without approval and truthfully never touch a model in an area that would be deemed inappropriate. Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense yes um, absolutely yes touching their shoulder and pushing it back is one thing but going to the lower end or you know certain areas not appropriate mm -hmm. um again it is context-based so there are you know certain instances where a stylist might have to get in there and do things mm -hmm. but again that's pre-approved the model is aware of it and the model has to state they're comfortable with it because mm -hmm. um, yeah as a model like I do get poked and prodded I like I've been a model mm -hmm. myself and I've had them do weird adjustments on my outfits I've had to you know I've had to accept that mm -hmm. your body is part of the um it's part of the production mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to be okay with being touched but mm -hmm. again somebody touching to readjust my bra strap because of it's not working and they're a stylist is different than somebody coming in and you know fondling if mm -hmm. that makes sense so there's there's limits and there's lines and some everybody should always be very careful never to cross those lines um, and always ask permission. That's mm -hmm. that's the easiest way to kind of get about not running into a problem in the future is getting that mm -hmm. permission first. Yeah. Well, I I hundred percent agree, and I know every photographer who's starting off they they should learn those rules, right? And they they because I know for some of them they might do something which I think sometimes you know like. They don't even think what the consequences might be and how this whole thing might be taken by the model. But that was one of those experiences I had on during that workshop that, you know, sometimes you guess you have to be extremely um, careful. Okay, so let's let's move on and push this a little bit more and let's talk about when photographers pushing too far, you know, and I know some of them I have again some experiences during the work I do that the photographers they they want to showcase you know certain things and they want to just kind of make the let's say model looks more sexy and stuff um but again sometimes this is not appropriate right so, so yeah so working with an agency um we pre-approve the image we mm -hmm. pre-approve the concept first okay um so if i'm working with a photographer i will get an idea of the concept a mood board and idea okay. of what the concept is because if we need pre-approval for comfort level mm -hmm. because certain models are comfortable with different things okay. i have models that are comfortable with nudity they love it actually okay. and then i have models that are absolutely not Stay i have models that work at jobs and won't show their wrists okay. so the comfort level is varied by the model mm -hmm. okay and the part of our job is to um is to combine or to connect mm -hmm. um, photographers and models that have the same level of comfort or, or um, style that they're going for. Um, going too far is basically like with us going too far would be if you gave me a mood board and then you were on set with that model and then you went out of scope with that mood board and went to something that was what I would call mm -hmm. inappropriate. Um, that is out of scope. And that is unacceptable. And a photographer shouldn't do it. You should be very clear about what you're shooting. Mm -hmm. You should clarify what that shoot will be with your agent and with your model mm -hmm. um, so that they're aware of what the expectations are on set. Mm -hmm. And then if, and I tell this to my models, then if the photographer goes out of scope for that shoot, then the model has the right to say no. 
mm-hmm. say that's inappropriate. That's not part of our agreement. We didn't agree to do that type of photo. I'm not comfortable doing that type of photo. And then it helps protect the model. Also, like in regards to bookings, um, just as an example, a, a photo shoot for clothing mm-hmm. is not the same rate as a photo shoot for underwear. Yeah. So if a client is giving me a mood board for clothing and then the model's on set and they agreed upon a rate and we're all good with the rate and we've, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've clarified that. And then the model's on set and the client's like, okay, now we want to do some underwear shots. Mm-hmm. That's a no. You don't do underwear shots because of that was out of scope and underwear is not the same, the same rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also different if the face is recognizable or not recognizable. So rates will vary. So it's important to always be aware. I think the best thing for any photographer or model is to be aware of what the scope of the shoot is. Mm-hmm. Mood boards, styles, level of clothing slash lack of clothing, mm-hmm. style of images. That's the, that's the, the purpose of a mood board is to get an idea of the concept of the image, what they will be shooting, what type of posing they're expecting from the model. It just helps make everything easier and clarify. Mm-hmm. So personally, from my perspective, I recommend every photographer create a mood board for every shoot they do. Mm-hmm. And in that mood board include, if you don't have a makeup artist, include the type of makeup you want the model to do and the hair you want the model to do. Mm-hmm. Give them ideas on the types of poses you're going to be asking for. Mm-hmm. So when they walk in, they're not surprised. Let them know what type of wardrobe will be used. All those things will help clarify the shoot and help move it a lot more smoothly so that when you run into situations like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. where people are doing things that are um, out of scope or inappropriate, they're going too far, that can be nipped in the bud immediately. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, so what's their advantages of working with the model agencies? Because I know there's photographers who you know, chase whoever you know, they can find versus you know working with the model agency and and i can actually speak for that because you know we've been working for a little bit and and uh, i have like, amazing experience working with with your model agency and all the models are always on on time you know they prepared for every shoot um you know there's no issues that they, they there's no show for example which i've experienced many many times where i had someone and they like you know, cancel with me five minutes before the shoot where there's like a whole team prepared. Um, so those are kind of my experiences. So what else we can add to this? Yeah, so working with an agency, there can be a couple of advantages. Um, and this is, again, they're not, um, I can't guarantee all of these advantages because again, mm-hmm. it depends on the agency you're working with and it also depends on the models you're working with. Um, but like I've noticed a really dramatic difference between um, freelance models and agency models, mainly in the level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're working with an agency, the, the, the model has an accountability factor. So mm-hmm. they've signed an agreement with us, which means they're not allowed to no-show to bookings. Mm-hmm. They no-show to bookings are off the roster. So to them, there's something to lose if they, if they do something inappropriate or unprofessional, regardless of whether it's a TFP or if it's a paid shoot. So there's that level of security for photographers because we, one, we pre-vet all of our models. So all of our models have met with us. We, they have signed an agreement, which states they are expected to be professional. All of them will have done at least one or two photo shoots in the past. So they have more experience than say a newbie. Plus in a lot of instances, and we can't guarantee this because no agency can make a model shoot with only their photographers. But in a lot of instances, they've also shot shot with photographers we know. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten feedback on how well did they shoot? What was their experience level? How good are they at actually shooting? Um, and that kind of helps also provide a little bit of peace of mind to the photographers because 
um, again, freelance models, a lot of times, and I've heard this from many photographers in the past, they show up and they look nothing like they did on Instagram. You, you know, wanted them blonde and all of a sudden they've got purple hair because they decided to go purple the day before. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting something that you didn't ask for, or they show up half an hour late, or they show up drunk, or they show up, you know, with disheveled hair because they expected you to do it. Um, like there's a lot of issues with freelance models because mm -hmm. they've never actually worked with a professional before. So they don't know professional expectations um, and they have no accountability. They are only accountability to themselves. Yes. Um, and a lot of freelance models, they don't get paid. So to them, like it's, I do what I want to do. And if I, you know, if I feel, if I, if I got drunk the last night, last night and I'm hungover, well, then I just don't show up. Yes, it's absolutely. no cure off my back. It didn't cost me any money to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big a deal. That's very common with freelance. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying all freelance yes. models do that. There's amazing freelance models out there. But when you are dealing with people that have never invested in themselves, which a lot of, which several freelance models will be of that perspective that I need to build a portfolio for free. I'm worth money. You need to pay me those types mm -hmm. of things. When you're dealing with people that have never gone through the trials and tribulations of actually building a professional portfolio or um, dealing with professional clients, mm -hmm. um, they don't have that experience. So they don't even know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So they just go based on what they, what they've created in their own world. And sometimes that is a, that lacks professionalism. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in that way. Whereas with agency models, again, I can't guarantee it because sometimes we do run into a bad egg, but with agency models, there is an expectation there. They are expected to do well. They are expected to perform. We are providing them a service by even getting them photo shoots. So, um, we do have an expectation of them and, and that kind of helps increase the professionalism that you would expect mm -hmm. on set. Absolutely. Um, if a model does show up and they're late, guess what? I'm going to be calling that model being like, why did you show up late? Why did you show up with dirty hair? What do you think that does for reputation for anybody? Mm -hmm. So they basically get, I hate to say yelled at and nobody likes being yelled at, mm -hmm. whether it's from your parents or from your agents. Well, you guys preparing those models, right? Yeah. To the We're industry. Preparing them for life. We're preparing for, life. Them for professional, you know, um, work. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's like that in work or in life anyways. A lot of yeah. the skills that are associated with showing up professionally on set for modeling are associated with showing up professionally for a job or an interview or anything. So yeah. it's preparing them to, you know, live life properly mm -hmm. and, and with professionalism and with etiquette. Yeah. So, and this is also kind of, something what I was always like admire, right? That the look is a one thing. And I know there's a lot of beautiful girls out there, beautiful male models. Uh, but the professionalism, I think, for established photographers is like the the, the thing number one, right? They want to work with people who they're on time, you know, they, they, they prepare, they know exactly what they're getting into. And um, that's what I always valued the most, right? So, yeah. And I also think that, I think that like, especially photographers, and I, I'm assuming everybody that's watching this understands what the concept of a TFP is mm -hmm. or a collaboration is. Um depending on the level of skill of the photographer. So if you're brand new and you don't know what you're doing, um, in order to do a TFP, you tend to have to work with newbie models. So models that don't have any experience, don't have any skill sets, all that kind of stuff. As you start working up the tier and as your skill sets as a photographer improve, the quality of models that you can attract for TFP, i.e. unpaid shoots, also improves. So like, for instance, you, Raphael, you're getting more experienced models because your imagery is good enough to attract those models because mm -hmm. like other like very trained 
or untrained photographer would have to pay those models mm -hmm. in order to work with them, if that makes sense. Yes, so, oh, absolutely. Um, so that's another thing to also understand from a photographer perspective is that as you improve in your professionalism, the models you will attract will also improve. And that's what I agree with is that at some point um, you are wanting to hire professionals that also take this industry seriously, because if they're not taking the industry seriously, if they're not taking themselves seriously, then your images aren't going to turn out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not fair to you to spend all that time creating this opportunity for them and shoot with them for free when you could be, you know, being hired by a potential client for whatever it happens to be, um, to build a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, if they're not going to take it seriously and they're not going to show up and help you create the images that you're looking to get. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, so my last question is, um, how the agency can help photographers? Like, do you guys do, let's say portfolio review, like someone approaches you and they're like, look, you know what I'm starting off or I've done some shoots. Um, can you guys take a look at my images and let me know where I am at and or how you guys can kind of help me with, with developing, you know, my skills? Um, no, exactly. Yeah, we do exactly that. So mm -hmm. um, the first step would be obviously to reach out to the agency um, and to see if we actually have, are in your area. Mm -hmm. we're, we're across Canada and the U.S. So we do work with photographers all across the country and in the United States. Um, and, uh, so the first step would be to reach out to us. We mm -hmm. would interview you and discuss with you, you know, what your experience level is so far, what your starting point is. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then we kind of go from there and yeah, we offer all different things. So we, we do offer portfolio development, um, mm -hmm. to photographers. We will guide you through how to build a strong portfolio. What is good in an image? What is bad in an image? What we look for, what we don't look for. Mm -hmm. And I'll go through images with you. We can help arrange TFPs. Um, if you're a newer photographer, we can help you arrange TFPs with models that are also looking to develop their portfolios mm -hmm. um, so that you can actually start building that. And then we can, again, review the images afterwards, help you make your selects, help you learn how to edit. Um, we are going to be in the future, and we did do this in the past as well, we do offer workshops. Mm -hmm. So um, certain skilled professional photographers and such will do workshops. Mm -hmm. um, we've done lighting. We've done... Um, posing, so teaching you how to teach models how to pose, because that's the very important step. Um, newer photographers don't tend to know how to pose a model, mm -hmm. but that as a trained professional photographer, photographer should know how to do that, because especially when you're working with newbies, they don't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. so you have to give them the guidance. Um, so yeah, we do workshops on that. We can help depending on the level of the photographer with exposure. We can promote photographers for shoots. There's a whole level. It just depends on kind of where the photographer is at as mm -hmm. to what we can provide. But yeah, we can do pretty much all of it. Well, it seems like you guys can do a lot. I didn't even expect half of this, but it seems like if the photographer is really passionate about what they do, you guys can really help them to be on the right path, right? Because a lot of them, I think they're lost and they don't know which direction they should go. So And again, like they, they I think the biggest thing is they're going to want to invest in themselves. I mm -hmm. think that's a big thing. Um, so invest in workshops, whether it's through us or whether you're doing a Photoshop workshop online. Mm -hmm. um, invest in good, um, good equipment. So mm -hmm. um, cameras, uh, lighting, lighting. Uh, all that fun stuff because those are very very important um it, we also like i have newer photographers that shadow some of my experienced photographers and they just help mm -hmm. them on set um so that they can listen and learn and hear what trained photographers are doing on set 
Um, and I do think that's important as well. Like find a mentor, find a tutor um, to help you because photography is an art. It's not going to be that you have to completely copy what they're doing, but you will learn tips and tricks from every other photographer to help you create your own version of yourself that is marketable and, mm -hmm. and advertisable and can make money. Absolutely. Okay, thank you so much. That was a absolutely pleasure talking to you. I've been waiting for this for, for a long time. And um, I'll definitely link information to your agency. And then I'm sure there will be some people who might have more questions. Um, yeah, and um, thank you for all this time. I think I took way more than I supposed to. But um, I, I really appreciated your time. Of course, anytime. And yeah, if they want to, they're more than welcome to reach out um, and we can help them get their journey either started or progress and uh, see what they need and see what they can do to uh, become the best photographer they want to be. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome.